Welcome to Talos Takes, the security podcast for everyone from the C-suite to the front lines. All right, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talos Takes. I am joined by Azim to kind of update us on days of our ransomware drama. Thanks for coming on, Azim, as always. Thank you for having me, John. So there's quite a bit uh, to check in here on the, the ransomware landscape. But I know specifically you wanted to update everyone kind of on the goings-on with the LockBit ransomware group. There's a few avenues that we we want to go down here, but I first want to ask you about the new LockBit 3.0 malware. This is the, the latest version of the ransomware. So I'm curious if you've had a chance to take a look at it yet and kind of what's new with this version. And also kind of ask you why LockBit has kind of felt the need to update or rebrand to this new 3.0 version. Dizzy observed that uh, LockBit 3.0 came out um, a short time ago. Now, I'm not a reverse engineer by trade at all, so uh, I rely a lot on our great analysts that break down the uh, the samples that they see in the wild. Now, we had a chance to take a look at it without going into uh, many details. LockBit Black just has enhanced features, and one of the biggest features that LockBit has historically claimed is the speed of encryption and it appears that lockbit black uh, was uh, speedier more efficient and allegedly harder to detect which arguably was definitely the case in many different aspects but what was interesting is when lockbit 3.0 started popping up in the wild researchers immediately noticed a distinct similarity between lockbit and the former black matter ransomware family. And the similarities were almost uh, identical in many aspects. So they, there was a clue that there was a connection. And this 3.0 kind of already took a hit because LockBit recently suffered some leaks and their encryptor got released in the wild by, you know, a person who was claiming to be a disgruntled developer. How badly kind of have the leaks affected them and what are some potential follow-on consequences of that leak? As you alluded to in the very beginning of the podcast, uh, we definitely observed some negative experiences for the LockBit enterprise over the last several weeks, uh, maybe even months. One of those experiences was a leak of a builder uh, for LockBit 3.0, and the builder allows you to assemble your own payload for LockBit and deploy it. Now, for you to have a builder, uh, you most likely uh, have access to the source code, but we do not have access to the source code. It has not been leaked. There was allegedly a coder or a developer that uh, became disgruntled with LockBit, and it had to do with money and profit sharing. And allegedly, they they were the ones that leaked the builder to the public in order to demonstrate their displeasure with with LockBit. They engaged in a somewhat indirect back and forth on the Russian hacking forum XSS, where LockBit explained that indeed this developer did leak it, and this developer does have access to the source code, and this developer indeed was a part of, and this is an allegation from LockBit, indeed was a part of Black Matter, Darkside uh, slash Fin7 which kind of implicates, assuming this is true, this implicates a developer in many different ransomware attacks, including one of the most uh, impactful ransomware attacks in US history on the colonial pipeline attack about uh, a little over a year ago. 
So with the builder being leaked, is this something that, I mean, I feel like I've read other stories like this in the past, but you said like for a builder to be really effective, you kind of have to have the source code. Is there precedent in ransomware for builders to get leaked and then other groups or subgroups can kind of go off and start uh, building their own thing whenever those leaks happen? Is that like a thing that happens? Yes, we have definitely observed that with several uh, releases of uh, builders, if you will. Um, in fact, one of the one of the ones uh, that comes to mind occurred last year from Black Matter. The Black Matter Enterprise uh, just released their builders and source code, and that allowed a lot of people to replicate uh, the builders and deploy it. And so the precedent does exist. What's interesting here is the alleged leaker has indicated that they will not leak the source code because that is not their intent. However, from the intelligence viewpoint, at this at this stage, the source code is compromised. It is outside the circle of Lockbit's trust, if you will, and is now in the hands of somebody could potentially uh, leak it or sell it, move it in any different way, or they themselves could be compromised eventually. and. The source code could just be released into the wild. As you mentioned, this could be used by cyber criminals that have not had access to Lockbit's super fast encryption mechanism, you know, all those features that they've talked about, and now they may have access to it and build their own versions and deploy it. So this could potentially cause a little bit of a headache for the Lockbit enterprise. But that, yeah, so like you said, that it's just kind of more of a headache than anything. It's not like they're necessarily DOA or anything like that. Uh, and I, the, the other thing that I noticed with 3.0 is that they're using triple extortion, uh, which is they leak the stolen data and carry out distributed denial of service attacks against victims if they don't pay the ransom. You know, what do you feel like the current dangers with Lockbit are? And can you speak to anything about like what they're currently up to or, you know, like any particular industries or areas of focus that they're in on right now? Yes, indeed. I'm glad you brought that up. The triple extortion model was introduced by Lockbit very recently as a reaction to them themselves being DDoSed for a prolonged period of time right after uh, the in-trust compromise, which they subsequently took down and uh, shared via torrent sites. Now, we, I particularly have not seen a consistent DDoS coupled with just ransomware against victims since then. It doesn't mean that hasn't occurred, but the triple extortion bit has kind of subsided in the last couple of weeks as far as actually being executed. As far as I know, the most recent at the most recent stage, Lockbit is still trying to seek those that will help them with the last part of DDoS. Now, what they've always claimed as far as uh, conversations and reactions to these kind of uh, experiences is the mantra of what doesn't kill them only makes them stronger and that's what they're motivated to do so as long as lockbit has the ability to operate and as long as they have the ability to recruit operators and developers they will continue to do this these are just negative experiences akin to businesses that uh, go through cycles of downtime or negative growth or mistakes that they do and as long as they have access to resources i suspect they will continue to operate so is there anything else that's kind of all the questions i had on lockbit is there anything else on the ransomware landscape in general that's standing out to you currently any particular trends or anything like that that you feel are worth calling out 
In the small picture, it's just uh, interesting to me that uh, the last couple of months, uh, we certainly saw uh, negative experiences, not just by Lockbit, by other uh, ransomware um, groups as well. Uh, Alpha slash Black Cat experienced the de de prolonged denial of service attack, along with several others. We we've we've covered this in our blog. So that's just in the short term, and all of a sudden, just you know, a universal negative experienced experience that's going on with these uh, groups. But in the big picture, I, I really want to point out the trend that ever since the Colonial Pipeline attack, it's been kind of a bumpy ride for uh, major ransomware operators and ransomware groups. We've seen several taken down. We saw our evil go away. We saw Conti go away. Lockbit definitely took the grew in that vacuum. Yet now, all of a sudden, they're experiencing some sort of uh, unusual disruption. So it's interesting. And I think there's a lot of might be going on that we'll definitely see once we have all the information down the road. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks Azim for coming on the show as always and giving us an update and thank you for reaching out with this idea. Thank you very much for having me.